Energy, Poles Northwest. that we can build a world-class power system. Power to the people. The Northwest is blessed with abundant supplies of renewable hydropower. Wind, solar, technology, innovation, climate change. Nation's largest fish and wildlife the program. The natural hydroelectric power resources belonging to the people of the United States shall remain forever. Energy Pulse Northwest. Welcome to Energy Pulse Northwest the podcast about all things electric in the Northwest region. I'm Justice Beauregard, and on today's episode, I sit down with Scott Williams, Foreman 3 at Bonneville Power Administration, to discuss line work and a new term he's been using. Let's check out the interview. Scott Williams, uh, Line Foreman 3 from uh, the Dallas, Oregon, the Dallas District, Salilo. And how long have you been at BPA? So I started in 96, believe it or not, as an electrician. And uh, when the apprenticeship program came out, I was able to apply for it, got selected, and uh, topped out in 2001 and, and uh, out of Chehalis, Washington, on the Chehalis TLM, TLM crew. And then I went to Olympia nice. and then to the Dallas. So you have coined a term, and the term is industry athlete. How did that come about? Yeah, we, we I refer to it as industrial athlete, kind of a twofold story is that we're on a I was on a safety leadership team development team and we needed a term to kind of talk about linemen and uh, we're thinking about it and of course we do after hour uh, discussions at the local tab and this term came out and we're like yeah industrial athlete and they're kind of questioning well how does that really refer to a lineman to a professional athlete and actually, we have a lot of similar uh, things in common as a high-voltage transmission lineman. So what specifically about being a line worker is like being an athlete? So I kind of break it down into two areas, one being mental toughness, and the other, of course, is actually the physical strength it does to take a, to be a high-voltage uh, lineman here on the transmission grid at Bonneville Power. Uh, the first one is, you know, you talk about your mental toughness. Those, those long nights, you know, are out working the power line on outages or midnight customer outages, those drain on you mentally. Uh, so you need a strong mental toughness knowing that there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And the other part of it, you know, we talk about being strong in the mind when we have blowing wind at 60 miles an hour, rain coming down sideways, cold, brittle cold, and you're having to make yourself go out there and do that so we can keep the lights on and get that out that line back in service. So the mental toughness is actually, I think, harder than the physical. Because you got to make your body do something like, an, like a pro athlete does. You know, they get paid a lot of money. We get paid good money. And we go out there and we mentally have to be prepared to take on the task at hand. The other part of it is, of course, the intelligence part of it. We always had a saying, you know, a small hard hat and a 40-size shirt. Well, now our linemen today, we're actually college graduates. There's people out there with high educations doing work that takes intelligence because comparing it again to an athlete, an athlete has to go and understand a strategic approach to what they're doing, understand the process, and train, train, train. And when we talk about intelligence, that takes an intelligent person. And you'll find most line workers that work transmission and distribution, we have a lot of common sense. So a lot of 
a lot of things come into play mentally. The physical part of it is just strength. You have to be a strong person. We use our upper body a lot. Um, I'll talk about fall protection later, but there's a, a lot of climbing now that takes a lot of upper body strength. And we get a lot of our strength also from our lower body, which is our legs and, and you know, our, our rump, our butt. And we, we really use those muscles all the time. And that goes into as our conditioning. So when we have to be conditioned for being an athlete, they work and they train and they go to the gym. We do too. A lot of our linemen, we do outdoor sports. We go to the gym. We constantly take care of our bodies because our body is our paycheck. And so if we can't do our work, we don't get a paycheck. So, or we go to do something different. So we really rely on our bodies being strong, fit, and in condition and ready to go because it does take a physical toll on us day in, day out. We don't have a season-ending playoff game. Our next job's our next job. So we always have to be in great shape and alignment across the, the country are in some of the best shape, the strongest people we've ever seen for physical strength. Yeah, that makes sense. There's definitely a lot of things going on at once with high voltage electricity, being up high, having to work with your body and tools. And you're definitely, if you're focused on how high you are and, and the risk there, you're, you're not focused on the job at hand. Yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. I found myself when I used to be climbing, now I just get a point. Uh, but when you are actually in the air, we are so trained, uh, it's second nature. It's like walking on a sidewalk. We, we have that ability, and our mind and our body has that ability to perform a task 400 feet in the air that we could do on the ground. So for the people who aren't familiar with this type of work, what are some of the examples of what these line workers do? Okay, so, uh, of course, the main thing is the wires are in the air, so we have to get there. So um, we, if we don't have a bucket truck, which we normally don't, our terrains are so our trains are so diverse in where we're at and our so we we have to climb a lot and actually our maintenance task is to climb towers and poles so every day a lineman knows they have to come to work and climb a steel structure and a pole so we have to climb ascend a tower from you know 40 feet to 400 feet we don't know what day we're doing it but we know we're going to do it probably more than one time a day so that's one comparison uh, when we talk about what we do is we are continually climbing structures to do our maintenance tasks, to change insulators, look at conductors, look at the conditions of the structures and the towers. We also have uh, an example of how we look at what we do between an athlete and uh, us as linemen is we have a strategic approach to how we do work. So that again, is same as an athlete, a pro athlete, they have a strategic approach to how they do work, a process map, and, and we're really good at that. We, we don't try to reinvent the wheel. We know how to do a task. We do it correctly 100% of the time because the risk is so high. We don't get a second chance most of the time. We also have to, uh, the stress, uh, like a professional athlete, they have stressful situations. I mean, LeBron James, man, he after the first game he lost at Golden State, hit the wall and almost broke his hand and had to play six, you know, the rest of the four games with mm -hmm. a broken hand. And 
we are the same way is our stress is so high we, we really rely on our skills our abilities and our training to lower that stress threshold and that's what keeps us safe that's a definitely an addition to how we are able to work and stay safe of what we do and uh, we also uh, exert our body uh, on a daily basis in the winter we're out there 30 degrees 10 degrees we're out there in the summer 112 114 we're out there so we throughout the year our bodies go through uh different climates of uh, the weather uh, conditions the temperatures the actual forces that we're putting in our bodies and we also exert our bodies in uh, very different ways when we're working specific jobs like if we're on a ladder on top of a tower and we're working the insulators that hold the conductor we're doing a lot of back moving flexibility a lot of turning lifting so those kind of things aren't like a normal day thing it's like it's normal to us but not normal for a, a, a regular person on the street i mean obviously the technology has changed so much but it seems like you guys still have to do a lot of that hands-on work how has technology changed things for line workers you know it's kind of it's kind of that's a funny question because really since the 1930s the electrons go through a wire from one substation to the other through a transformer to your house it's still the same way it's the electrons go down a conductor and we get it from point a substation a to substation b and we get it to our customers that's our job to do that job as line workers we really haven't changed our work methods we have added tools but the work is still the same so with all that adrenaline that you talked about, how do you maintain a focus on safety while getting the work done? Yeah, you know, we're talking about the technology, right? And I can add some more to that, Justice. But uh, what we really, really focus on on safety is our skills, our ability, and our training. We go through a four-year apprenticeship program. We have our, our union card for our local IBEW. We are skilled individuals that do a job professionally, skillfully, and and safely, number one. My main core value at my work, what I tell everybody that comes, is I will do everything to make sure your car goes home with you at the end of the day. No cars left in that parking lot. And to live that, you know, is a big responsibility as a supervisor. I mean it. And I tell my guys this all the time. I said, you know, and we work on it. And... You know, as we went through with, uh, you know, we talk about technology or how did our cultural change in safety is huge. We have an awesome safety office now. We are staffed. We're working really hard to make sure that we are, our core value is safety. And I, I really believe down that that is our core value on every employee now. Now, before, you know, it was more like let's get the job done because we're dealing with a whole bunch of alpha males. Let's get her done. Let's get her done. And we got her done. And, you know, back then we did things a little little different. They were safe, but when we talk safe, safer or safest, we're working towards the safest methods now today, which is great. I hope one of these days that we are that agency that leads the, the, the industry in safety. And, and I know Elliot and Brad, that's their top priority, and Richard Shaheen. I know I talked to those guys and and they really really believe it and they really do care about our employees 
So another thing is I talked a little bit about human performance. You know, that was new technology, new cultural change. You know, we brought human performance into BPA as supervisor teams, and now we're bringing it to our people. I think that that's part of living the talk, you know. We know who our employees are. We give, we, we understand values and beliefs. We got our leadership behaviors we work with. And, you know, and then you teach your employees, you know, drift. Hey, you're drifting down the medium, so you're getting into an unsafe area. We need to kind of bring that back up. Those things and then be able to actually talk about them as a team because one lineman is not a team. It's seven of us in the Dallas district. We have 100 linemen here, over 100 linemen in BPA. We're one team. And so we have to be able to talk about what we need to talk about it on a level that's respectful. And that's part of the cultural change, too, uh, over the years. Yeah. yeah, nice. And so kind of one thing that stands out is that unlike professional athletes, there's not a medic or people on the sidelines to help you if something goes wrong. You guys are essentially out there alone and have to rescue each other or take care of each other. Absolutely correct. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I do have a extensive medical background. I was in the service in the Coast Guard. Thank you, Coast Guard. Go, boys. <laughs> hey, and uh, the people are laughing at me. Stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have a lot of training in the Coast Guard as a medic. So you know, bringing that into the line trade, unfortunately, we did have a couple incidents that had severity. Uh, I actually rescued someone that broke his neck, and we were totally isolated. We were 50 miles from Longview. We were up eight miles off the nearest road, and when this, we were cutting trees and the tree fell on there, uh, a smaller tree come across him and, and actually broke his neck. Wow. Yeah, so having that, that knowledge, that training, right, that makes us feel safer, like I talked about earlier, having that ability to help your coworker if an incident were to happen, we're our brother's keeper. We take care of ourselves. And I think, again, the training, because we have advanced first aid training, wilderness survival training. They train us how to take a twig and a piece of rope and make splints and help our fellow brother out if they do get hurt. Hopefully we take all the precautions that doesn't happen. But we, we really, in a, in a new safety world, we do everything we possibly can that these incidents don't happen to that extent. Wow. Yeah. And that's another situation where it's important to have a cool head and you can't freak out or, or freeze in those situations. Yeah, actually, you know, that's it, that's Lyman. We we are cool thinkers. We're fast thinkers. We can make decisions really quick. And you put us in that training environment and we have the tools. We're able to, to make those adjustments and have a clear, clear head. And so you guys did some work with the Eagle Creek fire, uh, which seems uh. like... An extreme place to work. How did that go? Yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so the Eagle Creek Fire. Um, yes, it started in, in, in the district that I, I supervise. They're right above the uh, Bonneville Dam. I actually spent uh, many weeks of my life there. And, uh, you know, that fire was the most impressive fire I've ever seen. It's not uncommon that we respond to at least a half a dozen fires a year. Responding to that one's a little different. Uh, one, it it was uh, extreme. Uh, we had a lot of things we had to deal with of keeping the city of Cascade Locks in service. You know, we not we did not lose power to that customer. Our team, our crew, 
uh, Jim Corcoran and the crew were out there working hard. We lost some structures, but because of our the ability to transfer loads to different line sections, line sections are, for the ones that don't know, is you can take power from one way and have the other side out. And that's what we did. We had one side in, we took the other side out, and we made repairs. We lost uh, three structures during that fire. We also had Jake Marty from NRS. He's our NRS, and he spent, and Chris Morris, bless those guys, and they had their team out there and our contractors out there cutting out these trees before they fell on our line. We spent a lot of time proactively making sure that we supplied power to that from the Eagle Creek fire while the fire was going on. Now, were we in danger? No. We let the fire go. We stand down. We go to work. Right, but we did work with all fire teams every morning at six o'clock, every evening at six o'clock for three and a half weeks. Uh, we were there, and we had another fire on the Washington side at the same time that was produced by the Eagle Creek. So now our teams even got smaller of how we handle things, and uh, I think it went really well overall. Uh, we learned a lot from the fire. Uh, still working with the counties of Hood River and Multnomah on a continuous basis and uh, you know we all had thunderstorms last night and that was heightened awareness right we we have established uh, protocols now that we have the right players getting the right information so when the alert went out that we could have up to an inch of rain you know I start thinking how we're going to mobilize where's my equipment making sure I have enough staff in case something were to happen so it's a gift that keeps on giving <laughs> it will be a gift for many many years uh, you know the initial threat is over the fire is over now the dead trees that are dying become an issue so like i said the nrs's are working hard they patrol the line now by foot they're identifying these trees making sure they don't come down on the power line which then would have me and my crew to come fix it so yeah it's, it's a it's a interesting story it's a it's a challenge being a line worker is not an easy job what would you say to those people who are interested in becoming a line worker? Let's go back to the being an athlete, okay? So we're talking baseball. Go Beavs, right? Hello, Beavers <laughs> fans out there. I love it. That was awesome. And uh, so baseball players, they get up to bat, right? It takes hand-eye coordination, speed to run the bases, all this stuff, right? If they do one out of three, they might make the majors, right? They, they get a run around the bases, and they score a run, and the team wins, and off they go World Series. Cool, right? Well, line workers take this. They take all that information I just told you, I, speed, strength, mental toughness, all that stuff that you need, and to climb a tower and be able to work with such coolness and, and, and calmness and do it accurately every time, we don't get – to hit one out of three we have to be three out of three every time because the risk is so high if we don't perform our job correctly every time we will be injured we, the risk is so high of a major major incident uh, electrocution or fall so if you're not afraid of that stuff being strong goodwill let's go to work let's do it right a hundred percent of the time your your action Filled, you want adrenaline junkie? Yeah, come, come. We're looking for you. <laughs> Go get in those apprenticeships. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're out there to find. Go get them, and uh, you'll be welcome to the trade. 
Awesome. Is there anything you, that we missed or you wanted to touch on? No, I think that's uh, – I mean, I can talk all day. I think that's why <laughs> they asked me to come here. I can, I'm just really proud of our craft. I, I, I'm really happy to be the supervisor of a great crew, and uh, I'm really happy to be part of BPA TLM community with all of our hands out there. I'm really, I'm really happy to, to be that guy. Uh, all the other Foreman 3s out there have great crews. They're bringing in new people, getting them trained, getting them to what we, we need them as BPA to do. And uh, it's a constant thing. You know, we have a, a shortage of linemen out there across the United States. And how BPA can entice these uh, great employees to come work here to perform the duty of linemen that's difficult right now and so if you're out there listening and you want to come to uh, bpa and you have the skills i'm talking about and want to come to work for a great company and do a great uh, community service and working for the federal government to keep the power on in the northwest we apply yearly <laughs> it's on there usa jobs go on there we're pulling them every three months put your name in the hat and see what happens guys so yeah, you'd be welcome. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me.